Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, most years I've really enjoyed coming over to Canterbury Gardens Community Church and being with you uh, on a Sunday morning. And sadly, that's not possible this year, of course. But I'm still really pleased to be able to join you this morning and open God's Word with you. And I want to turn to a passage at the end of Numbers chapter 6. At the end of that chapter, we have a beautiful blessing, a very well-known blessing. And we're going to think about uh, these words of blessing from God this morning. So let me read with you Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 to 27. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Before we think about these words, let's pray together. Our loving God, we thank you that you are a God who blesses your people. And as we think about these words this morning, we pray that we might ourselves know and experience your blessing. And so help us to understand your word, uh, work in our hearts and in this church community by the power of your Holy Spirit this morning. And we ask for this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we recently had a uh, building inspector come to our place to check out some work that we've had done. And I was chatting to him about his job and as he talked about what he does, he just slipped in um, saying, well, my, my job's really is such a blessing. And as soon as he said that, my ears pricked up and I thought, I wonder if this guy's a Christian. Because blessing is kind of a giveaway Christian word, isn't it? Uh, we don't just talk about being lucky or fortunate. We say we're blessed. But what really is blessing? Is it actually just a Christian way of saying lucky and fortunate? Or is it more? Well, I want us to look at this Old Testament blessing. It's often called the Aaronic blessing. Now, I remember as a little boy, we, we used to go to church as a family, and uh, sometimes the pastor would uh, give the ironic blessing. As a little kid, I thought he was saying the ironic blessing, and I had no idea what was so ironic about this blessing. It's not the ironic blessing, it's the Aaronic blessing. The blessing given by Aaron, the high priest, and his sons. And notice, it's not a prayer, but a proclamation. It's a pronouncement. This is not Aaron coming before God and asking that God would bless his people. Rather, it's God coming to Aaron and saying, Bless my people. Pronounce my blessing upon them. Put my name on them, it says in verse 27. You shall put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. And the, the name is, is the very person, the character, the being of God. God wants his person, who he is, his presence to be placed upon his people. 
and he wants all his people to be blessed. It's very interesting that this blessing comes in Numbers chapter 6 straight after the Nazarite vow. Now the, the instructions for the Nazarite vow are, are quite curious. It was a strict vow of consecration to the Lord. If someone was to set themselves aside to the Lord for a special purpose and for a particular season in their life, they would take a Nazarite vow. And there were really uh, three main provisions in this to indicate the, the setting aside of this person. Um, no haircuts, no alcohol, and no contact with dead bodies. And it was a, a solemn vow of consecration taken by a person committing to those things as an, as an outward sign of their inner consecration to the Lord. But only a few people would consecrate themselves to the Lord that seriously, and then only for a time. But immediately following that, that very special setting aside to the Lord is this blessing of the Lord for all his people. Not just for some, not just for those who are specially set aside to God, not just for the super spiritual, as it were, but all his people and for all time, God will bless his people. The blessing itself consists of three lines. And in, in the Hebrew language in which this is written, uh, the first line is three words, the second five words, and the third seven words. So it kind of builds. It's like this blessing overflows as God pronounces it upon his people. And we're going to look at the three lines, the three aspects of this blessing. First of all, there's the blessing of the Lord's safekeeping. The Lord's safekeeping. The Lord bless you and keep you. Now, notice first off, it's, it's the Lord who blesses and keeps. The, the word is Yahweh, God's personal covenant name. The Lord, Yahweh, who has rescued them and, and saved them. Three times his name is repeated in the three lines of this blessing. The, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Uh, our great temptation, I think, even as God's children, is to look everywhere else for blessing rather than to the Lord. We think we'll be blessed if we have an abundance of material possessions. And so we invest heavily in work or in saving or buying. We, we think we'll be blessed if we have strong relationships. And so we pour time into family and friends and social media. We think we'll be blessed if we have health and strength. And so we might take diet and exercise and fitness very, very seriously. We think we'll be blessed if we get great grades or get into our dream course or have wonderful career prospects. Now, all those things can be wonderful blessings, but not if we foolishly pursue them at the expense of our relationship with God. 
then actually we are pursuing the gifts rather than the giver. And we can be so busy chasing physical and material blessings that we ignore the one person from whom all blessing flows. The one person who can really bless us, whether we have those physical goodies or not. Ironically, these blessings, physical, material, social things, can become a curse to us if they take us away from God. I think of a father who decides to buy his son a bike, uh, a, a dream bike. And what the dad has in mind is that he and his son are going to go on all sorts of bike rides and they're just going to have a fantastic time together. So he, he buys his son this bike and, and the kid just loves it. And initially they ride off together and it's fantastic. But over time, that bike becomes the boy's obsession. And he, he's constantly spending time on it. He's constantly riding. He goes off by himself for hours. It was intended to bring the dad and the kid close together. But over time, it separates them as the son just spends all his time on his bike. Now, much the same way, the good things that God gives us can end up taking us away from God, the giver. Work, possessions, family, friends, health, fitness, study, achievement, all these things are only a blessing to us if we know the God who has given them to us. And those things are not actually the greatest blessing that God gives. This blessing, the Aaronic blessing, names other blessings that are even greater and surpass those things. And the first line takes us to something greater. The Lord bless you and keep you. The, the Lord keeps us. That is, he watches over us. He protects us. He is present with us to guard us and take care of us. Psalm 121 builds on this blessing. And in the second part of that psalm, it says, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. If you're one of the Lord's children, the Lord will keep you. He'll watch over you. He will protect you. But what does that actually mean? It certainly means that he can protect us from harm, from sickness, from attack. We rightly pray for protection. Uh, pray for protection on, on the roads from coronavirus, from people who would harm us. Who knows what blessings we have received from God's hand where he has guarded us, kept us, protected us from harm. But of course we also know that 
Christians get sick. Um, Christians encounter terrible crises. Great evils and wrongs are done to some of the Lord's people. The Lord's keeping of us does not guarantee that we will be free from all harm. What it means, though, is that in all adversity, in situations of calamity, the Lord is still there with us. The Lord is still watching over us. The Lord is still protecting us. He, he may not prevent harm and difficulty from coming into our lives, but he will keep us in the midst of it. He so orders all those trials and difficulties that even in the midst of them, he brings good out of evil and he watches over our heart he watches over our soul that that's the thing he's he's not only watching over us physically he is watching over our soul you might remember the, the beautiful doxology at the end of the new testament book of jude and and it's 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 praise to god and it says now to him who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless in his presence with great joy. <laughs> That's what he's able to do. He's able to keep us from falling and present us faultless. He, he keeps us from evil. He keeps us from ultimate destruction. If you have been a believer for a long period of time, years perhaps, maybe even decades, how come? How, how come you've kept the faith? Because the Lord has kept you in the faith. And, and this work of God keeping us is a work that he does through the work of his son, Jesus Christ. God watched over him. And even as God watched over Jesus, he allowed him to be betrayed he allowed him to suffer. He allowed him to be crucified. But in that, he was keeping us from eternal death. He was keeping us from the evil one. He was giving his son in our place to protect us and keep us from evil. And then he kept his son, raising him from the dead and bringing him into eternal life. In Christ, through the work of Jesus, God watches over us, keeps us, protects us, guards us. And we can truly say, as people who belong to the Lord Jesus, it is well with my soul. Even if it's not well with your finances or your work, even if it's not very well for any of us in coronavirus times, you can say, if you belong to Jesus, it is well with my soul. Earlier this year, one of the RTC faculty members, our Old Testament lecturer, and a close friend of my own, passed away from cancer. And we had prayed so much for him in the year leading up to that, praying that the Lord would heal him and watch over him. And then he died. Did the Lord 
keep him? <laughs> I would say absolutely. For one thing, through a year of suffering cancer and endless treatments and then decline, God kept his faith strong. And he kept his hope alive. He kept him from despair and from fear and from bitterness. The Lord used him wonderfully in those last months. But more than that, he kept for him an eternal inheritance. And he kept him to take him into that eternal inheritance. And now, free from the cares of this world and from suffering and sorrow and sadness, he enjoys the presence of God for eternity. And now it is indeed well with his soul forever. I love this description in the book of Revelation of what it is like for the saints in glory. Uh, listen to these words uh, in Revelation 7 verses 15 and following. It says, Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb, as Jesus Christ, in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That is eternal safe-keeping. That is supreme blessing. That, that's better than wealth and houses and job stability. It, it, it's better than the things that we can achieve in this world. The Lord keeps our soul now and forever. So that's the first part of this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The second blessing is the blessing of the Lord's grace. Now, do you know what it's like when someone turns their face away from you? They don't want to see you and they look the other way. They don't approve of what you're doing and they look away. To turn your face away from someone is kind of the ultimate rejection and disapproval. But the blessing now stated here is that God turns his face toward his people. His face shines on them. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. I don't know if you think about this often, but the Lord delights in you. He doesn't just put up with you as a miserable, rotten sinner who he had to save. No, in his grace, he forgives you. He cleanses you. 
He covers you with the righteousness of Christ. He adopts you as his own child. And now he delights in you. His face shines on you like a, like a parent's face beams at their little kid. It doesn't mean that kid is perfect and always good and always easy. But, but parents shine. Their face shines with approval and joy and delight in their children. These, these days I have that with grandchildren uh, rather than little children of my own. And one of our delights is getting videos and photos on WhatsApp of our grandkids. We got one a little while ago of one of our grandchildren having his first birthday and eating his first ever chocolate cupcake. And it was just everywhere, plastered all over his face. And we looked at that and our faces shone. We were delighted in him. And that's what it's speaking of here. God's face shining on us. How could that ever be? We, we know our sin. We know our failure. We know how often we don't live up to God's standards. How could it be that God's face would shine upon us? Well, the answer again is found in the work of Jesus Christ. This blessing was a blessing that was mediated to God's people through the priests. And their priestly work anticipated and foreshadowed the coming priestly work of the great high priest, Jesus Christ. And he was a priest like no other. He didn't offer the blood of bulls and goats as sacrifices on behalf of the people. Rather, he offered himself. He offered his own body and soul in our place. You see, Jesus Christ had always lived in the radiant glory of his Father's pleasure. You might say for all eternity, God's face had shone upon him. And when Jesus came into this world in flesh and blood like we are, the, the Father, God the Father, commended him. This is my Son with whom I am well pleased. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus was, was transformed and radiated the glory of God. And a voice from heaven spoke and again commended him. Jesus was the perfect, obedient Son of God with whom he was well pleased. His face shone on him. But on the cross, all went dark. Literally, the darkness covered the face of the earth. Jesus then carried our sin, bore our shame and our guilt. He felt the Father's wrath and displeasure for our sin. He cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He experienced that displeasure of God so that it might be removed from us and we might now experience the smile of God. 
because of the astounding grace of God in giving us his son to pay for our sins, we're cleansed, we're forgiven, we're made righteous. We're covered by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, God now sees us as pure and holy. He, he accepts us and he delights in us. His face now shines upon us because of the work of Jesus. What an incredible blessing that is. Other people may still disapprove of you. Maybe you experience that and it's incredibly painful. But if you believe in Jesus Christ, you need to know that God does not disapprove of you. He has been gracious to you. And his face now shines upon you because of who you are in Christ. These are two wonderful blessings. The Lord bless you and keep you, keep your soul, watch over you forever. And the Lord turn his face toward you, smile upon you because of his incredible grace to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. But now the, the blessing builds one more time to a third aspect, and it's the blessing of the Lord's peace. The blessing of the Lord's peace. Actually, in this third line, there's another reference to God's face. The Lord lift up his countenance or lift up his face toward you and give you peace. Uh, now is the blessing of God's face lifted up. Previously, it was God's face shining on us. Now God's face lifted up to us. What does that mean? Well, uh, su suppose a teacher goes into a classroom of incredibly diligent students and they're all head down, working like crazy. And the teacher goes in and says, all right, listen up. And instantly all the heads lift. Immediately they give attention to the teacher. That's what this imagery of a face lifted up means. It's giving attention to someone. And this is saying, astoundingly, God gives us his attention. He lifts his face toward us. We often think about our need to give God more attention, to give him more time, more focus. But the reason we should give God more attention is he gives us his attention. He is attentive to our voice when we pray. He's attentive to our needs. And he is attentive to our greatest need, which in this blessing is summed up in one word, the word peace. Or the Hebrew word, which many of you will already know, the word shalom. Shalom is a very rich word. And it's, it, peace doesn't really do it justice. It's not just the absence of strife. But the presence of wholeness, of fullness, well-being, it, it speaks of abundance, of the good life. To have shalom is to have life in, in abundance and richness and fullness. And once again, that is what we have 
through the work of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said in John chapter 10, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. He's, he's come to give us abundance of life. He's come to give us life with meaning and hope and purpose. Again in the New Testament, it says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, that we're to praise God who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. And, and that's the blessings of forgiveness and adoption and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and direct access to God and an eternal inheritance. This is true well-being. This is real abundance of life. Do you see that these things are far greater than the blessings, the material, physical blessings we often pursue? This is better than wealth. It's better than a nice house. It's better than having friends or an HD. They're all good things. But how much more wonderful it is to have face-to-face -face relationship with God himself. To know the God who keeps our souls. To know the God who's been gracious to us in Christ and now shines, smiles upon us. And to know the God who can give us real abundance, real purpose, real richness and meaning in life, true shalom. Friends, I want to ask you this morning, what blessings are you seeking? And where are you looking for blessing? I wonder whether you are settling for blessings that are far too small. Don't seek your main blessing in work or possessions or the approval of other people or success. Because you can have a thousand good things in this world and not be blessed. Blessing comes from the Lord and it comes from face-to-face -face relationship with Him. Turn your face daily to the one who shines on you. Give your attention to the one who's lifted up his face toward you and been attentive to your needs. Look to the Lord for your safekeeping and for your approval and for your peace, for your sense of well-being in life. Little wonder the New Testament turns this threefold blessing into a Trinitarian blessing. You may remember the words of Paul as he blesses the church. And he says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever.
And, and we could now elaborate those three clauses on the basis of this Old Testament blessing, couldn't we? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the riches spiritually that we have through him and through his sacrifice, may that grace be yours. Even if you don't have a lot of money and you don't have a great job and lockdown has been terrible, may that grace be your experience. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the love of the God who smiles upon you and approves of you, even if, even if you're living with the disapproval of other people and it's painful, may you know that God approves of you in Christ and shines upon you and is gracious to you through him. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That is the, the fellowship, the relationship, the face-to-face -face relationship that you can have with God because of the inward, powerful work of the Holy Spirit drawing you to Christ and forgiving you. May you experience that face-to-face -face relationship with God. Friends, I want to say this morning, that is true blessing. We chase a thousand other blessings and some of them are wonderful, wonderful things. And if we receive them as gifts from God, we, we can be very thankful for them. But they are not the big thing. The big thing is knowing the Lord who blesses us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Shall we pray? Lord God, we thank you so much that you bless people like us. We don't deserve your blessing and we've often turned away from it and sometimes we've received physical and material blessings and ignored you, the giver. But we thank you that you are the God who blesses us through Jesus Christ. And we pray that you would make this the great desire of our hearts, that we would know your blessing and that we would receive all other blessings as tokens of your grace and your kindness to us in the Lord Jesus. And Lord, if any of us do not yet know your blessing. We pray that today we might come and seek that and find that in you as we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.